Williams Lake Church, once again, we are continuing with this conversation about the present truth, the end of the world, Jesus as the unlikeliest of heroes, and all of these beasts and animals and dragons and, you know, things that we have seen from the book of Revelation. It's a pleasure with me to be with you again um, on this day. Today we're going to talk about a subject that, if you ask me, is the main subject of the history of humanity with God. It's also the base of the conflict. The base of the conflict, the conflict that we spoke about, remember the true Star Wars, the Star Wars, the cosmic conflict, the conflict that started thousands of years ago. We don't know how long ago it started. Uh, well, we don't have precise numbers anyway, right? Uh, started a long time ago, uh, somewhere far out in a, um, like the rolling credits, right? Used to say uh, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, right? So if you remember, we spoke about that. We spoke about the conflict. And, and today we're going to talk, we're, we're going to talk about, we're going to touch on a subject that it's the most important thing to me is the crux, right? It's the most important thing in terms of the cosmic conflict between good and evil, between God and Satan, between Jesus, the Lamb of God, and the dragon, right? So we're going to talk about that today. We're going to talk about worship. We're going to talk about adoration, right? Adoration, as it is called um, in, 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 other, in other words, right? In the previous episodes of this series, uh, this week of prayer, we have discussed the structure of many of the Bible's books, right? We mentioned, and if you remember, I mentioned that the majority of books, even the Bible, the Pentateuch, the first five, five books of, of the Bible, they are written in a chiastic structure, right? Uh, what it basically means is that the structure, the literary structure is uh, designed to be a pyramid, right? Where you have this part which mirrors this other part and this part which mirrors this other part and this one mirrors this other and there's always one that is you know the peak the top of the pyramid and that's the most important that's the most important um, part of the the structure so uh, today we're going to talk about the, the the peak the point of the pyramid the most important the center of the chiastic structure for the book of Revelation. Remember the book of Revelation is written in, in, in that fashion, into a uh, pyramid uh, fashion. So uh, today we're gonna talk about the chapter that is in the middle of that uh, pyramid structure, which is uh, chapter 13 of the book of Revelation. Uh, some, of the, some of the verses of chapter 13, because not all chapter 13 is the, is the peak, uh, the little tip. Uh, but uh, some of the elements presented are the most important elements in the book of Revelation, which tells us that they're also the most important elements in the war between good and evil, Jesus, the Lamb of God, and Satan, Satana, the, the, the accuser of the brethren, the ancient snake, the, the, the devil, right? Remember that the pyramid scheme that I, that I explained to you, uh, that, I, that I told you about, the pyramid scheme has mirrors and is used to explain uh, some topics and events from different perspectives, right? Sometimes the way that it's using is it presents the problem, the, the way that it's used is presents the problem, presents the solution, or presents part A of the problem, part B of the problem, or perspective A of, of one event and a different look, perspective V of the uh, 
of the different event, right? So, so that's the way that uh, this uh, pyramid sort of works, right? Uh, also, this pyramid, like I told you, is used to show the center, in this case, the center of the Book of the Apocalypse, which is the center of this cosmic, the comic that we've been uh, analyzing and reading, you know, the crazy comic with crazy things and, you know, women and dragons and beasts and lambs of God and, you know, those different things. Uh, the chapter 13 is actually the middle, uh, the most important, the most important point, the central point, if you will. Of the book of uh, Revelation. So go with me. We're going to talk about uh, true worship, true adoration. Go with me. I had to um, unlock my computer here. Uh, we're going to talk about three beasts today, three characters. We, if you remember, we've been introducing some characters every day in our comic book. Today we're going to talk about one that we already know, the dragon, but we already know who dragon is. Uh, but we're, we're going to introduce two more, two more mythical, uh, crazy creatures, beasts, things, right? And we're going to talk about what they represent and what they do in this conflict, in this cosmic conflict, specifically in terms of worshipping or adoration towards uh, God. Worship or adoration just basically means to give unto someone that which is theirs, right? So, so that's, that's essentially the idea of adoration in the Bible. The idea of worship in the Bible is not singing, is not giving money, you know, tithes, offerings, is not, you know, participating in a program in a church. That's not the, the, that's not the definition of adoration those are examples of adoration of worship but that's not the definition the definition of adoration worship in the bible is giving unto someone that which belongs only to that particular person so when we think about adoration in god what we're trying to say is giving unto god that which belongs only to him right giving unto christ that which belongs only to him and bad adoration or not adoration, not worship, is giving those things to somebody else or to something else or keeping them, right? So when we keep something from God, right? Uh, things that belong to him and to him only, then we are doing him a disservice in terms of worship. Keep that idea in your mind because we're going to use it. Chapter 13, the peak of the pyramid, the center of the pyramid, of the book of Revelation. It says, chapter 13, verse 1. Then I saw a beast coming out of the sea. It had ten horns and seven heads. There was a crown on each of its horns. It had an evil name written on each head. Face tattoos, not invented in modern culture today. Face tattoos come from the comic of Revelation. Right? Even Jesus has at some point. I think a face tattoo. We'll talk about that later. Uh, of course, this is all prophetic uh, language, right? So it's not real. It represents something else. So this particular animal had evil name written on each head. Interesting thing, chapter two, the beast looked like a leopard with feet like a bear's feet. And it had a mouth, mouth like a lion's mouth. And the dragon, we know the dragon, right? gave the beast all of its power and its throne and great authority. So this new beast is 
presented in conjunction in relationship with the dragon. We know the dragon, right? We can identify the dragon. We know a Satan, God's enemy, God's enemy from the beginning of time, ancient snake. He's also intertwined in the history of Adam and Eve because he's the snake that uh, told Eve. So God told you that you shouldn't do any of this, right? A lie, right? A lie because we had liberty. Adam had liberty. Uh, Eve had liberty and freedom. They just uh, decided not to trust God, not to take God out of his word, not to trust him when um, he provided all those things for them, except that one aspect of choice, which we already mentioned uh, in previous uh, messages. Now, the interesting thing is that this beast, the second beast, we're going to analyze a third one. The second beast arises from the sea, and it's like a weird combination of uh, things. Then if we jump, right, if we jump to uh, verse 11, there is a third beast. Chapter uh, Revelation 13, chapter 11 says, Then I saw another beast coming up out of the earth. So the first one comes out of the water. This one comes out of the earth. The first one is a mixture of many animals. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. And this one is different. It says, verse 11, Then I saw another beast coming out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb, but he spake, he spoke like a dragon. This beast stood before the first beast and used the same power the first beast had. He used his power to make everyone living on earth worship the first beast. The first beast was the one that had the death wound that was healed, the second beast did great miracles. He even made fire come down from heaven to earth while people were watching, right? So we have beast number one, made of different animals. Beast number two, like a lamb, like the sheep of God. Remember that, like a lamb, but speaks like a dragon. So these characters, these three characters, the dragon, Satan, the accuser, the first beast, beast, excuse me, which is a combination of different animals, and the second beast, which is a lamb that speaks like a dragon, right? Those three beasts, they are known in prophetic languages as the false trinity. Remember that the Bible gives evidence of a trinity. There's God, the Father, the Son of God, and the Holy Spirit. And these three persons, based on verses, multiple books, multiple verses in the Bible, they work together as a one Godhead, right? I know it's a difficult concept to explain. We're not going to take a lot of time in explaining why we believe that these three persons are one Godhead and what that means. We're going to talk about it uh, later on, maybe in some other episodes, if I get invited to share with you again at Williams Lake Church. Um, and then we also have the uh, the false trinity, right? The dragon, the crazy-looking beast made from many animal parts, and the third beast, which is a lamb, right? Which is a lamb that uh, essentially speaks from the uh, speaks like a dragon, right? So let's analyze, right? Let's analyze. Remember that everything that God makes, the devil tries to replicate. God is the original creator of things. 
and anything else anybody else anything else anybody else tries to do is just going to be a mere copy it's not going to be the original it's going to be fake right and as much as we care about things we kind of don't like fake things right we want the original right we want the original the original uh, version so in that way also in this story in this part of the comic that we're analyzing now the comic that has to do with worship and adoration right this part of the comic we have father son and holy spirit right father son and holy spirit and we also have dragon beast made of many parts of animals and a lamb that speaks like a dragon three and three right whatever god has as something original the devil its enemy is going to try to have a copy a fake copy of it right so let's analyze these two beasts we're into the dragon let's quickly analyze these two beasts the first beast rises from the sea in prophetic language uh rising from the sea just basically means rising from many nations right so that means that this power whoever that is or whichever power that is rises from many nations from many people from a multitude of people right uh invertly if something rises from the earth from the soil from the dust it just basically means that there's not a lot of people right there's not a lot of people it's just you know um virgin land if you want to take a look at it in that way right now if you remember in chapter 7 of the book of daniel right remember the apocalypse or the revelation and the book of daniel are closely related you have to take a look at one in order to understand the other in order to interpret one you have to also take a look at the other so they come in conjunction right they come in conjunction the, uh, the book of daniel is sort of the apocalypse the revelation the comic of the um, of the old testament and revelation is that part of the comic from the other perspective right so you have two uh prophets two seers taking a look at similar events from different vantage points right uh remember it's like god gave uh john a camera a camcorder and he gave uh a daniel a gopro or something right and they they're both looking at the same thing but from different angles right uh uh john is looking from the from a different angle in some aspects and daniel is looking for another for another angle right so we need to analyze both to understand them right so in daniel 7 uh, if you remember there's a dream there's the most famous dream in the book of daniel right you remember king uh nebuchadnezzar has a dream he dreams that there's a statue right he dreams there's a statue and you remember that dream the first part of the statue is gold the second part is silver then you know um, something else brass and then you know the feet you know clay iron some um some other elements right uh some other elements right so uh that's part of the uh that's part of the the the, the, the conversation right that's part of the conversation that's part of the of the thing right that we are analyzing and if you remember later on after that particular vision that nebuchadnezzar has there's another vision that explains on this vision which is the vision of the beasts or the animals right and if you remember there was a lion there was a bear there was a leopard and there was a, like a horrible beast like a mixture of many things some unknown animal that daniel didn't know right but it's interesting that this beast in revelation 13 is described as having parts of a lion is described as having parts of a bear is having parts of a leopard and a terrible beast 
right? So like, sort of like a replica. So in the first 10 verses of chapter 13 of Revelation, we have those uh, explanations, right? We have those explanations that tell us about the dragon, that tells us, excuse me, that tells us about the, the lion, the bear, the leopard, and, uh, um, and the horrible beast, right? Now, Daniel 7.17, remember, the Bible explains itself. That's something that we already saw. That's something that we already analyzed. The Bible explains itself. So Daniel 7.17 says that the four beasts, the lion, the leopard, the lion, the bear, the leopard, and the terrible beast, they're kingdoms, right? That's what Daniel 7.17 says. And Daniel 7.23 says that the beast is also a kingdom. Right? So we know that the dragon, we know who he is, and the first beast, very similar to the beasts from you know, Daniel, obviously Daniel looking at a vantage point with his camera, and John looking at the other point with his camera, but they're looking at a similar beast, right? They're looking at a similar thing, and they are analyzing a, um, they're analyzing a similar thing, right? They're analyzing a similar thing, they're looking at a similar thing, and analyzing at a similar thing, right? So that's, um, that's something that should be on our, our um, on our mind, right? Um, now let's go back to the second beast. So we know that this beast comes out of water, many waters, has a combination of all of these things, right? We already know what it means. We know that that is a worldly power, right? The kingdoms of men. The kingdoms of men trying to outlast the inevitable inevitable passing of time trying to outlast the kingdom of God right remember that that's the story of Daniel men building kingdoms trying to create or making those kingdoms into something that would outlast the kingdom of God the interesting thing is the second beast right uh, the uh, this the interesting thing is the is the second beast the second beast is a lamb, that's what it's described as, remember, uh, it's described as a lamb, but um, it speaks like a dragon, right? And if you remember the, the descriptions between beast number one, many animals, and beast number two, lamb, speaks like a dragon, they have a lot of symbology with the lamb of God that we analyzed a couple of messages ago. Horns, meaning authority, eyes, crowns right so remember everything that god does in, in an original way his enemy the devil satan will try to do in a fake way if god brings justice in the correct way the devil is going to try to bring justice in a fake way if god brings salvation in an original way the devil is going to try to bring salvation in a fake way and we have to be very careful because remember, the Lamb of God, the likeliest hero that we have, not the hero that everybody wants, but the hero that we need, the hero that God has sent for us, does things in a very different way. The interesting thing about the second beast, the beast that looks like the Lamb of God, but speaks like the dragon. You get what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? So. The beast looks like a lamb, has horns like a lamb, looks like a lamb, gives the appearance of a lamb. But when they speak, they speak like a dragon. Remember, original and fake. And sometimes, guys, sometimes 
boys, girls, ladies, gentlemen, brothers, sisters. Sometimes the God that we are presented, sometimes the Lamb of God that we are presented is not the Lamb of God that God wants to show. He's the fake one. The close to the original, but not original enough, right? Just very close, just one or two things change, right? This beast curses God. This beast pretends to take the place of God. The, the word for that in the Bible is blaspheme. I don't know if you're familiarized with the term. I'll explain it very quickly. Blaspheme, right? Which is another way of saying blaspheme is curse God, right? That's the way that we can say it. So when somebody blasphemes, somebody curses God, but it's not saying a bad word or it's not saying something. It's not only that. Uh, a blaspheme, right? There's two, there's two understandings of the word or two explanations, I would say, of the word blaspheme. The first one, you can find it in the book of Luke, in the gospel according to Luke chapter 5, verse 21. It says that blaspheme is when you pretend to forgive sins. Right? So you blaspheme, right? You blaspheme when you say that you can erase and a second explanation of blaspheming is also found in John 10, 33, which says that you take God's place to impersonate him. So the two ideas is you forgive sins when you can't, or you try to impersonate God when you're not God, right? That's essentially the, the most uh, understandable definition of blaspheming or cursing God, right? So... The interesting thing is that when anything in our life demands that which is only supposed to be given to God, that particular thing is becoming a God, right? Not, a, not as the original one, but as the fake one that tries to take the place, the imposter, right? That tries to take. Um, so blaspheming just basically means that you are, or cursing God, means that you are taking God's place that or you're refusing God from getting something that should only belong to him. We're not going to talk about the traditional implications of who the beast is, what power, what country, what it represents. Because remember, this is a war. And the war is between the good and the bad. And like I told you on the on the on the uh, on the second message that I share with you, sometimes it's very difficult to know which one is the good guys, which ones are the bad guys. Right? That's the problem with humanity. Humanity likes to do this thing where they want to get close to the original, close enough to the original, but they don't. They don't want the original. Right? Just like the devil. When we talk about adoration, when we talk about worship, when we talk about the center of the pyramid of Revelation chapter 13, we are talking about giving something very similar to God or accepting something very similar to God, but not accepting the original vision. Remember Cain and Abel. God said, bring me a sacrifice. The interesting thing is that both Cain and Abel, they brought their best. The Bible in Genesis says they brought their best as, a, as an act of worship to God, right? The only difference is that one brought the original, what was asked, the Lamb of God, 
That's what they brought. And the other one brought their best. When we talk about worship, guys, when we talk about worship, boys and girls, brothers and sisters, when we talk about worship, we talk about giving God what he deserves and what he wants, not the best that you and I have. The devil is an expert. The accuser of the brothers, the satana, the devil, the, the snake, tries to present something that is close to the original, but it's not the original. Remember, God demands our adoration complete and total, unchanged, unwavered. He doesn't want perfection. He wants totality. He wants us to come to him wholeheartedly, completely, with everything we are, the good, the bad, the ugly, the in-between. Remember that episode, and this is what I want to leave you with. Remember that episode in Matthew, chapter 22, verse 36 to 40. Some people came and they say, we're going to tempt Jesus. We're going to ask him about the law. What is the most important commandment of the law? And they said, Jesus, Lamb of God, what is the most important commandment of it all? And they thought he was going to say, say something that would incriminate him. But he said, he quoted from the Le Leviticus and he quoted from Exodus. He said, the first commandment is this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your power, with all your might. And the second commandment is the same as this one. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. Worshiping, adoration, is giving God what he deserves, is accepting the original, is offering the original, instead of the fake version that looks very similar, but is not the same thing. When we come to God today, as we come to God today, as we come to God this week, let us give God the original version of ourselves, not the fake one. Not the incomplete one, the complete one. And let us accept the complete version of the Savior, of the Lamb of God that he's trying to give to us. Let's pray. Lord, when we look at this comic of the end of the world, when we look at this comic of the fight between good and evil, sometimes looking at the beast and looking at the different things that it represents, we get a little heavy-hearted. We start thinking about worship and we think worship might be what type of songs we're choosing, what type of clothes we're wearing. And that is important, yes, but it's not the most essential thing. The most essential thing in adoration, the most essential thing in worship is giving ourselves completely to the hero that you have chosen for us. I'm not saying, oh man, I wish he wasn't the Lamb of God and I wish he was Superman accepting the Lamb of God for who He is, the Savior of the world. In the, in the words of John the Baptist, here comes the Lamb of God, the one that is going to wash away every sin. Lord, help us accept the version that You provide to all of us. Help us give You our original version, who we are, as complete as we are, imperfections and all and may you receive who we are as we give ourselves to you in jesus name we pray